Welcome to the PA Sprint Series podcast, where we talk about race saver sprint cars and showcase the drivers, teams, and history of the most competitive sprint car series in the country. I'm Stephanie Dotson, former driver and current announcer for the series, and I'm joined by Rod Ort, the regional director of PASS. Coming up on the show, we'll be going over what has been happening. We have an interview with driver of the number 20, Doug Dotson. Rod will talk about the mission of the podcast. And finally, we'll look ahead at what is coming up. So welcome to the podcast. Rod, do you want to fill us in on what's been happening? Well, just like everybody else, we're dealing with uh, COVID-19. Um, it's a very, very strange time. Um, you know, it seems like the rules change from day to day. Tracks uh, want to get open. We have some of them practicing, um, you know, Sealands Grove trying to get open. I've talked with uh, most and many of the promoters and kind of the repeating theme there is, um, we, you know, we don't know what to say um, because they don't know what's, what's happening next, when they'll be permitted to race. Uh, our message to them is obviously we're, we're ready to go. Everybody's ready to go. Uh, we have the ability to pre-registered cars. We're unique, you know, in this area um, because you can you can pre-register, um, and you know our our purse is reasonable. Um, it's uh, not not necessarily low, but it's it's uh, uh, fairly dispersed. So you don't have that big pile of money at the front for somebody that you know raises our obligation to to you know for financial output putting something like that together um so you know i think we have a number of advantages um obviously the tracks all have their own their their own local uh requirements uh or local divisions they have to consider but uh, you know, we're just trying to remind them that we're attractive. We even have um, the ability, if we can, to um, plug in a pay-per-view thing through IMCA. Nice. So I guess we'll just kind of hang tight for more updates on that end. Yeah, um, we're trying. We're trying to keep the teams updated on uh, in the in the team section, the PA Sprint Series site. It's important to remember that, you know, what we're talking about, what pertains to us, um, you know, we, we communicate uh, directly to the, to the team so you know what's going on. Um, social media is, the, you know, the usual cesspool. But, you know, right now, there's so much out there, you don't know what the story is. So from our, my perspective, anyhow, the way the best way for us to communicate that is to kind of put some thought into it, put it down for the team so they can log in and read it and understand it. Um, and hopefully plan their lives around what we know. Uh, unfortunately, that's not a lot, but we've been trying to update teams to say, here's what we don't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. And that, that information in the team section is not, 
um, public for anybody to see. So that's why we just direct um, teams from Facebook over to that team section of the website because the website there's for the registered drivers. Yeah, and it works really well. It always has. Um, so many people kind of referring to social media in different directions. We have to understand that some people aren't on Facebook, some people don't care to be or or whatever. So it makes one place, put it in writing, where we are on, on all those situations. It's not really a, a, a public discussion because certainly if we have something that we would like to get the public's opinion on or you know want to talk to the, the fans in general uh, you know obviously that's a, so, a social discussion but the the team section really works well we even have the ability to to pull teams over there so if we were to get into a situation hey we've got three days to figure out something um, we could direct everybody over there put out a poll with the appropriate responses, you know, here's, here's the options we've been given, uh, option A, option B, option C. And within a few days, we could easily find out how our registered drivers think about something. Correct. So while there's not much going on in Pennsylvania at the moment, uh, racing wise, there was two events um, in the Midwest this past weekend. On Friday, the Sprint Series of Oklahoma uh, had a show at Monarch Motor Speedway in Texas, and that attracted 60 cars. Um, most of them were from Texas, uh, but some of them from Colorado and Oklahoma. Um, Jet Hayes won that out of Fort Worth, Texas, and then Jake Buback was second, and third was Danny Smith. Also on Saturday, uh, there was a show at US 36 Raceway for IMCA Race uh, Saver Sprints. That's in Osborne, Missouri. And that attracted 20 cars. Um, some of those, three of those cars have raced with the PA Sprint Series in the past. Um, Justin Clark finished 14th. Jacob Gamolo was 15th. And Randy Sterling finished 17th. Um, winning that was Tyler Drueck, the number two, who they say dominated the feature, uh, led every lap. Um, so it's nice to see that on Friday night, there was 60 IMCA race saver sprint cars that got to race. And on Saturday, um, 20, I don't know if any of them were the same 20, but 20 cars were able to race in um, Missouri. Yeah, that's interesting. I talked to Jim Stannard from IMCA and, and he was, he was out to the Missouri race. Um, and, uh, he said, he said, man, that Jake Camola had a rough weekend. I guess he actually flipped both nights. So, um, you know, he had, he wondered if he would get it back together for the second night. Uh, he did on, unfortunately then, you know, got, got on his, on his lid uh, the second night. So, a uh, long way to travel with with uh, some disappointing results for him, I'm sure. But uh, I'll bet you he was glad to get back to racing. And um, Rand Randy Sterling, you know, where where does that guy not go? Um, you know, he's has that trucking business. He's used to you know traveling around, and he loves race savers. So uh, he he'd be a good one to talk to, uh, Randy. See 
see how that trip went and what he's oh, been sure. up to. He's very entertaining as well. He um he also though interesting um he ran the chili bowl one year in a midget and he told me like he didn't do squat but he had a blast. <laughs> so yeah. um he's all about um enjoying uh enjoying the whole process. So um I I think you know he finished seventeenth, which you know wasn't stellar, but I think he was talking about maybe going out there again. And in regards to Jacob Gamola, hopefully those two. Uh, upside downs will hold him over for a while. Yeah, yeah, maybe you know, maybe he got uh, got that out of the way uh, to start the season. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully Jacob and uh, Randy can get something scheduled back here a little closer to home, where uh, where they can get racing without uh, with a long drive. For sure. <laughs> Okay, we are here with driver of the number 20, Doug Dotson, and the car has been ready for a couple weeks now. Uh, team is ready to go. Fortunately, they did get a practice in at Port Royal, uh, the very first practice session. And in the meantime, Doug, what have you been up to? Well, I'm someone who's fortunate enough to still be working. I'm working from home. Uh, so that takes up my days, but then uh, also fortunate enough that I have a uh, workshop downstairs in the garage that I can fabricate things. So I've been keeping myself from going insane by going down and working with the milling machine, lathes, welders, all that stuff, and just making stuff. What are some projects you're working on? I uh, made some rear bumpers, made a jig to make the rear bumpers, uh, made a... I, last year, uh, when I uh, bent the frame at Path Valley uh, and we were racing the following night at, Pat, at Seals Grove, I had very quickly fabricated a uh, tool to pull a torsion tube straight, similar to Jake Kraut's torsion tube straightener. Uh, but uh, I spent a lot of time kind of refining that and making it so we can keep it in the trailer and everything in case we ever need to do that. And then just some things to organize the garage better uh, and help with my OCD in that respect. So with your extra time off, I mean, you're filling up some of your time by finding some projects to do. Um, what other kind of things interest you uh, to fill up your weekends now that racing is on hold? Um, trying to do what I can to keep moving, keep active. Uh, it's really easy now to spend a lot of time sitting in front of a computer screen and uh, being very sedentary. So, uh, you know, during the week we do a lot of walks uh, around, you know, just down the road uh, just to get some uh, activity in. Then on the weekends we try to do something a little more uh, involved. We'll do uh, hiking or bicycling or something like that. And I know because I live with them, we, we've gotten to enjoy um, some movies that because we typically don't have time to watch movies, but um, we've gotten to watch some about World War II history, the Holocaust, um, learning about different countries, kind of hooked on these nature documentaries right now. <laughs> 
So just kind of filling up the time. Um, I, I would say we're still kind of busy as usual, though, right? Yeah, I mean, I I have not had any moments where I, uh, you know, didn't know what I was going to do next. I mean, we've always had uh, a full plate and a to-do list. It's just a different to-do list. Nice. So, um, what are some other things that the team is working on? Um, besides you, I mean, I know you're busy working on some machining things here. Uh, the rest of the team, you know, what have they been up to? Well, uh, we had the car out at practice. It was, uh, it was just pretty much a better car. So, uh, uh, my brother-in-law, uh, ended up getting it lettered. It looks great. Uh, you know, we're really happy with the way it looks this year and, uh, excited to get it on the track. Um, uh, father-in-law George, he's been working on engine stuff. He builds all our engines. And uh, so he's also working on uh, getting some blocks cleaned up and prepped uh, just to, uh, you know, plan for the future with that. And also if, uh, you know, any, anyone wants, uh, needs some engine work done, needs a block or needs an engine built, he's, uh, you know, getting some stuff ready. And uh, Uncle Gary, he's, uh, he's our chief fabricator. Uh, so he's been working on a lot of things, uh, you know, just making some spares and everything. And he's also uh, works a lot for uh, a lot of the fabrication for the SBF business that uh, supports a lot of the microsprint customers out in uh, Eastern PA in New Jersey. Uh, so that's also kept him busy. But then uh, after uh, getting through a lot of that stuff, he shifted his focus to the trailer, which is uh, something that hasn't gotten a whole lot of attention over the past few years. I mean, he, he did... Uh, uh, build a kick up on the back which allowed us to put the, the car in with the wing on it that was a few years ago but as far as uh, really doing a lot of maintenance and and you know organizational stuff uh, that's been uh, you know kind of been in need so he's uh, he buffed it we uh, got it waxed uh, been putting a lot of uh, different uh, you know racks and hangers in to you know make it a little more efficient use of space inside and uh, uh, really, uh, really going to be a lot nicer to, to race out of once uh, once things get back going. So uh, you know, no no one's really sitting idle, but uh, you know, it's, uh, you start uh, you know really starting to look for things to do. Well, hopefully, all that hard work can be put to use this season. Yeah, um, you know, one thing is uh, we'll probably be more prepared for racing than. Uh, we ever have been. I think a lot of people will be in the same boat, uh, but uh, that'll be uh, something that'll be, uh, uh, I'm sure we'll be grateful for once we actually get racing. Oh yeah, whenever that comes. Well, Doug, thank you so much for your time tonight and for being our guinea pig on our first podcast. Yes, I didn't have a choice. <laughs> So Rod, we have some um, new drivers uh, coming in and a lot of them, you know, we've been able to interview before the whole season started, but then um, now that the season, I guess, would have been technically underway, um, but we're under cer different circumstances now, uh, it looks like you've been able to interview some new teams a different way. Yeah, I, 
I actually um, scheduled uh, or talked to my first Zoom um, interview, as as you know, and I, I don't know when you started racing if we were actually doing those interviews for every, did, did we interview you way back when? I mean, you started a long time ago. I don't know if you actually, um, we were in a lot of email communication. Yeah, I think when going along with Race Saver, and a lot of people don't realize that, that we've been doing that, you know, over 20 years, probably um, 98, the guys here started 99. Um, you know, as, as time went on, you know, essentially everybody was interviewed, but it was more of a friendly handshake kind of a thing where they called, they talked, whatever. But uh, at, at some point we had, you know, so much interest coming in that we, we insisted we interview every driver up front. And I've done that uh, between Tom and I, and then me, I, we've done that for years. Um, so we've always insisted and in our drivers to know that, they would have to have a face-to-face -face with us uh, as an interview before they came racing, really just to go over the waiver, meet them, make sure that they understood everything coming in and uh, to make the, the whole process a little more enjoyable when they show up at the racetrack, um, make sure they understand the series and what they're getting into. Cause probably the first thing I would always say on the interview is, you know, uh, you know, somebody once said, I, I would have never done this if I had only known. Well, now they know. We, we interview them, make sure they uh, know what they're getting into, answer their questions, make sure they get the paperwork right and, and know the process. So um, the, the driver I interviewed, I think it was last week, was the first I've done over Zoom. And that, that you know, the, I guess if the, the COVID thing, might change stuff is is a little bit of this um, how common interaction over um, telecommuting or whatever has changed and and that really went well it was uh, uh, Brody at how you Adam yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, believe somebody you've heard of before I think he ran back when CRSA was running race saver regularly he had run some shows and wanted to get involved with pass uh engine was tech by dave um interviewed him he was in his car uh in the parking lot somewhere but um got to do the same stuff that we we do at the regular interview face to face and and that went pretty well so i think i think going forward in the future um we can probably probably do more of them that way Sure, absolutely. I don't see why not. It might it might help with a lot of those drivers coming from out of state. You know, a lot of our uh, bigger, more popular shows attract uh, people from all over the East Coast or Ohio and uh, Western PA. This would give us an opportunity to um, interview them maybe a little easier. Yeah, in the past, what we would do is we'd say, if you're running with us weekly, we would do the full face-to-face -face interview if they wanted to be you know running with us weekly um, they do a face-to-face -face interview if not they were a visitor which essentially meant that they had to register online for every race and things like that that process has has changed somewhat and, and been simplified but 
um, anytime we have a, a new driver coming in from another region to one of our regular races, um, we, we, we always make sure that they're registering people from out of the region. We like them to register ahead of time anyhow. And uh, for that first race, you know, a, a quick Zoom interview would really help to make sure that they're clear on what's coming in and, and you know, beyond that, <laughs> maybe I recognize their face in the in the in the in the pits. Um, we haven't got to do that first weekend yet, but man, we got a lot of new faces. People that I've interviewed that I don't know if I'll remember what they look like. It's been long enough ago now <laughs> that we interviewed it, them. For real, I totally understand. One thing that certainly helps is the driver features that have been posted on the website. So that really helps to put a face to a name. And we've been trying to do a lot of that in the off season. Um, some other drivers that'll be featured soon, uh, Cassandra Minium, Branson Shu, um, Dustin Young. Those last two names are uh, rookies, uh, new this year. Devin Adams, Kale Regal, Dave Groove, and Garrett Bard. So um, we have lots of drivers, um, you know, registered for this year. I don't know, Rod, do you, do you know what that number is off the top of your head? The, the new, new teams, uh, at one point I was pretty good at that. Um, and then, you know, this stuff and I forgot what day it is. And, and now I, I forget what those numbers are a lot. I can, I can tell you that there's probably more new teams than ever. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of, you know, exciting, uh, new talent coming in and that's good. You know, we, it comes and goes and, um, you know, on that list, we're looking at Garrett Bard. Everybody's excited to see what what Garrett's going to be doing this year, and and um, Devin Adams. Um, it's real good to see Cale uh, Regal back. We we thought maybe he'd be cutting way back, and it looks like he's going to be running some some uh, great new talent there. Cassandra Minium uh, back with us this year. Um, so. Yeah, and I, I I just wanted to mention that you know we're all volunteer and uh, Desiree uh, Snyder and and Frank Berman are volunteering with us. They're handling that. They basically been taking on the the writing part, as you know, Stephanie. I'm terrible with that stuff. Um, Not terrible. So, <laughs> um, I, I get a an F on your school teacher. Just uh, grammar. Grammar all the time. But, um, you know, uh, to have them doing those write-ups, it's really neat to be able to feature those drivers. And I throw a couple of graphics together and, and, and push them out to the web page, uh, generate some interest for their teams. Um, I think it's an, uh, important to point out that with uh, the, the teams on the web page, uh, you, when you see their, their article, it'll link to their team. And just about any team, if you go through the active roster there on the webpage and click on that driver, you're going to get to see their, their sponsors, their schedule. Really, the information there is probably better than a lot of individual drivers' web pages. In fact, um, Cassandra Minium was one of the ones who uh, took me up on an offer to point a domain name. So if you go to CassandraMinium.com, it, it lands right on um, her past webpage and, uh, you know, looks like 
looks like her own very own web page with all her information. Right. It's pretty cool how that works. I think that's what we're going to be switching to probably also maybe for Doug's website. Um, yeah, as you know, it's, it's, it's tough to keep the web page up to date. And um, the fact that, you know, we're all pumping stuff in there all the time and the drivers are able to register through the web page. The, the details all there. Um, so it's real easy to, to focus that down to, um, you know, their, their team. Yeah. I mean, we, you more so than me, but updating that almost daily during the racing season. Um, so it's definitely up to date. So Rod, while there's, um, while we don't have much racing going on in Pennsylvania yet, or any rather, um, some drivers are headed down to race with the Carolina Sprint Tour in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Uh, that's on the weekend of May 29th and 30th. So there's some drivers from Vermont, uh, Pennsylvania, and New York that I know are planning on heading down there. Um, and I know that there's other races in the Midwest that um, also have the opportunity um, to race. So, you know, it's nice to see some parts of the country getting that opportunity. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, how those things go in those different areas. Um, on the web, uh, you know, the team section of the webpage, we, uh, we outlined um, how we got to approach that going forward as far as uh, traveling out of the region. But I know that uh, these drivers are looking for an op opportunity to get out there and race. I, I know that um, a lot of times I wish that we had an open date that we could, we could get down there. I think there's a late fall date that um, they have a big race and it, I thought it might be neat if we could somehow free up our weekend so that I could travel down there. Obviously, um, back here, our team w would not even consider going to that race in the event that uh, I was able to pull something together uh, locally. In the meantime, I don't think the tracks are going to say no and, and we really don't you know, if we have that opportunity, certainly um, we want to cash in on it back here. So we're going to stay in a holding pattern. And from a, from a director standpoint, having a race team, um, you know, an opportunity to get out and race with the Carolina Sprint Tour sounds real attractive. I just wish we could, um, you know, get together and schedule that, uh, you know, one, one time a year or something in the future, maybe. Right. Right now we're trying to keep our uh, opportunities open up here. So whenever our local Pennsylvania tracks give us the go ahead, we can be there. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see, um, you know, coming up is yet another try with the Seals Grove uh, to run that 410 televised show. Um, you know, are they going to pull that off? If they pull that off in a yellow zone, does that mean that we can hopefully have some races in the yellow zone. Um, uh, for those who don't know, Pennsylvania is approaching this through a red, yellow, green uh, approach to opening up the different counties and stuff. So right now we don't know if yellow means you can go um, racing without fans or not. We're waiting to find out on that from Sealands Grove. And obviously if that, 
that works, does that mean that it, it could possibly happen for us at another track? And then furthermore, are the tracks going to make money? Um, is this going to be financially feasible? Um, is it going to be functionally feasible? And, and what is the, the, you know, the general community pushback on that? So uh, we're, we're standing beside our racetracks, keeping them in touch and uh, hoping, hoping that we can get something going, but there's, absolutely no way to say we're not going to race one weekend or we are because they're literally kind of taking it day by day approaching it on a weekly basis hi this is rod ort starting a podcast has been a goal of mine for a long time but it's way out of my comfort zone i'm thankful to stephanie for making this happen This first episode is being created during the COVID epidemic, which has given us time to work on the logistics. This epidemic has been tough for everyone. The COVID virus claimed the life of a good friend, Terry Strait. Tweety, as we called him, has been around racing for years. He was an accomplished setup guy and a good friend and a great person. I had the pleasure of having him on our crew for years when Mark Watkins drove my car. Every night when we were done racing, Tweety would always come over and say, thank you for letting us come out to play. This will be the message of this podcast because aren't we just playing? There are plenty of podcasts focused on 410s and other sprint car divisions. On this show, we'll feature exclusive race saver drivers. We want to hear from drivers that are only doing race saver And we want fans to hear how the opportunity has made your dreams come true. We've got over 120 stories to tell here in Pennsylvania, and I'll bet there are hundreds more just like that across the country. We're here to bring Race Saver teams into the spotlight. We'll tell you how we're doing Race Saver and PA by sticking to some important core values. And finally, we'll also talk to people past and present that have helped build Race Saver and shape its future. I'm looking forward to this journey because I believe in Race Saver, and in many ways, I've pushed myself to this goal to pay tribute to Tweety. I know that he would have been the first one in line to get back to racing. And when we do, I'll be thinking of Tweety when we go out to play. If you're an exclusive Race Saver driver and you have a story to tell, contact us on our Facebook page at PA Sprint Series or email podcast at PA We hope fans will listen, share, and subscribe.